The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Serving spiritual seekers around the world. Unity Online Radio. Today's episode has been made possible through the generous support of Bright Peak Financial, an award-winning not-for-profit supporting Christians on their journey to financial strength. Go to brightpeakfinancial.com to make your dream happen. Are you seeking more energy and ready to have more healings and revealings in your life? Then you've tuned into the right program. For the next hour, listen in as Reverend Temple Hayes, spiritual leader of First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, shares with you tools you can use to transform your life. She will guide you on a journey to create a life that is intentional and dynamic. Now, here's your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. And welcome everyone and thank you for being with us today. You are greatly appreciated, all of you out there making a difference by your willingness to be different, stand out, step up. Being intentional is what it's all about. You know, every day in life, if we look at just what is around us in any way on the externals, it's an indication of what we have put intention into, whether it's our calendar, whether it's our our life choices, whether it's our relationships, whatever it is, there's an intention somewhere along the way that is behind it. Well, one of my intentions for having this show of recognizing intentional spirits, seeing and being in different ways of life, is to share with you really cool and savvy people that along the way, I get the good pleasure of knowing. Today is no different because today we have Dr. Mark Tong. He is leading the path of ideas for cancer. He is innovative. He is holistic. He brings in the spiritual dimension to thinking and from a level of the heart with the compassion of actually explaining in practicality rather than the broad sense what true unconditional love really is defined as being and how it's seen in everyday life. Well, Mark, I didn't know I was going to do all that, but welcome to the show. <laughs> hey, thank you, and thank you for having me. It's great. Oh, it's just such a pleasure, and, um, and, and to see the impact that's being made upon individuals that are uh, being part of your programs and what you're offering. But let's start, before we get into all of the day-to-day life of, of, of Dr. Mark, let's look at how did you get here? What what was your in, intention? Most of us didn't have our parents recognize early on some of the gifts we were to bring to the world, nothing against them, but we're in a place of evolution now. So how did you get on this path? What What has made you up to this point? Well, I was born with the knowing of how to assist people in healing spiritually, and I would just do the practice throughout life, and after a while, I started having master teachers appear, and they would observe the work that I was doing, and they began kind of giving me the fundamentals of what I was already doing. And so I kind of had it easy in this life coming in with the knowing of, of how to assist people in healing. So, well, Mark, you know, when when you say that, because uh, I can relate to that, same with me, and I bet so many people that you've called in energetically to be on this show, when 
when you say you know, I was born and then, you know, there were people around me, did you have a sense? I mean, could you put it into like a conceptual thing? Was there a sense about it, an energy? Um, what did you What did you experience when you were with people that were actually wanting some kind of support or assistance? Well, I, I had the inner knowing of seeing the truth and seeing who they really were and not having them go into an illusion of disease or the idea of disease. I also had practices, even when I ran a business office, we had a real estate office, and one of the things I would never allow happen in the office is nobody could speak about any medical conditions or any medical terms or whatever they were going through from a medical level. It was just forbidden at the office. And what it did is it kept people from manifesting into having issues, and we weren't allowed... It wasn't allowed to be part of the identity, and the results were phenomenal. I mean, you know, our receptionist worked for us 20 years, never had a day, you know, sick day. Nobody ever got sick. It was amazing. Wow. You know. Wow, that's incredible. And I... And you're, what you're you're saying is that you never really you never really integrated that into your mind. It, it wasn't the conversation that was going on around you. Correct. If you didn't know it exists, how would you manifest it? Exactly. Ex- exactly. Well, I find that too. You know, being someone that carries the healing energy, or someone that does uh, spiritual mind treatment or prayer about people discovering their wholeness, right, is that it's very interesting because people seem so shocked, you know, when I say, I don't want any details, you Mm know. Correct. I really don't know any any details. And for 25 years, people will say, now, what did you say is, you know, going on with her liver? And I go, you ought to know by now I'm not the one to ask because I have no idea. I don't want to know the details because I don't, I don't want to put that into my, into my awareness, you know. So, so you started then, um, being aware and making this connection and how did you get on the path that, uh, cancer or the absence of cancer became your passion? Well, I was, I started a practice just doing spiritual healing, and one of the patients that I worked on contacted me, it was about five years ago, and she said, hey, I'm working at this clinic, and are you still doing the work that you do? And I said, yes, I'm still doing spiritual healing. And she said, can we refer you patients? And I said, well, yeah, of course. And what I didn't really realize was they were all stage four cancer patients. And after meeting with patients for just over a week, I got a phone call from her, and she said, hey, is there any way you can come into the clinic and meet the doctor who's running the facility and go over some ideas with them? I said, of course. And it was an MD, and it was Alternative Cancer Clinic in Oldsmar, Florida. And so when I met with the MD, I just said, at the end, I just said, hey, what can I do for you? And he said, well, come with me. And he took me back to the back of the clinic and introduced me to a, a one of their patients, and I worked on the patient for maybe a little less than an hour, and he watched and observed, and at the end he just said, you know, you can come and go, you can come here all you want, do whatever you can, I'd love to have you as part of the team. And so for three years I worked primarily with stage four cancer patients as a spiritual healer or spiritual counselor, you know, and, and it's not really a mainstream facility, but it's as close as somebody like I can get where you're working with the MDs, you're working with the nurses and everybody, but you're working on the mind-spirit aspect to their healing. And what are some of the things that you discovered um, along the way of of working with these individuals? Had Had most of them been through already, you know, chemo, uh, radiation, um, where, where were they as far, and I know we're, you know, there's many different categories, but for the, for the largest part, what, where were the stages and levels that people were at and what were they doing before they started working with the spiritual healing part? Most of them experience either a chemo, radiation, or surgery. A lot of times it's a reoccurring condition. Mm-hmm. And that's what what I found was the key with my work was 
one of the first things I learned working at the clinic, which I, I knew going in, but it really made it very important at the clinic, was you have to heal the mind first. And what I found was that each and every one of the patients that I worked on had a significant emotional event within 30 days of the first symptom of cancer. And it was, it was consistent. It was 100% of the patients had an emotional event just before the first symptom. Wow. Well, a number of years ago, actually, well, 11 years ago to be exact, I was a host of a television show here in um, St. Petersburg, Florida, and there was someone that came on the show and they actually said that in our world today, there is really a cure for cancer, but it's not made known because of you know, I mean, there's a lot in it. What What do you think about that? I believe there's only one healer. There's only one form of healing, and that's the divine love. And what messes it up is the perceptions and the ideas and the, the thoughts. And we're designed and we're wired in the likeness and image of our source, which is love. So all we can do is love. And so basically what I would do with the patients is, what don't you love? And I would identify what they don't love. Then we work on getting them to love it. Well, once you're in that loving state, the body shifts. When you're at peace, the body can heal itself. And so... Um, and the reason I'm I'm being so um, excuse me so specific is because this is something that that we as practitioners and 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 metaphysicians we face all the time. Uh, unity was founded by the aspect of divine love through Myrta Fillmore, who had tuberculosis in the late 1800s and was told she was going to die, and that was not the decision that she was going to align with. So she aligned with something bigger and broader for herself, and thus was founded the unity movement and silent prayer, affirmative prayer, and those kind of things. Uh, Emma, Emma Curtis Hopkins would say, never is a sick person coming to me to be healed, but a whole person coming before me so I may be recognized. Okay, But in that space, when, when someone comes to see you and they they have been given a diagnosis of, of so long to live or, you know, last hope or whatever, and you, not that you say it that way, but you're holding a space and going, what we need to do is work towards love back. Do most people receive that in a way of excitement and enthusiasm, or is there a level of resistance? Because, like, are you kidding me? I've gone through all this, and what I really need to do is to be about to be about love how do, how does that how do you find that in your well, experience a couple ideas first of all there's no atheists in cancer clinics and and they reach a point where they are turning to a higher source and the one thing that i bring to the table is i bring peace and i bring awareness to them one of the things i do when when they tell me the doctor told them they had three weeks to live, I'll just say, well, who else was there when the doctor told you that? And they go <laughs> on and on. And I said, well, God was there. And the doctor didn't finish the sentence. And let's finish the sentence. You have three weeks to live unless you access a higher power. If you access a higher power, all bets are off. Oh, now wait a minute. Now that was just immensely profound, okay, because I have been – one of those people that went with one of my best friends and he thought he was just going to get a little bit of a report about something. He had had a cold and we just thought he was going to need to get some kind of sinus surgery or something. Okay. And the doctor comes in and goes, um, Mr. Matos, you only have six weeks to live at best. So, so anyway, so there's the scene. So when somebody tells you the doctor said, I have three weeks to live, then what do you say? Because that's profound. I love that, and I think more of us need to be using that out in the field. So say it again. Yeah, I, I just say 
you know, I bring awareness that God was present when the doctor was there and the doctor didn't finish the sentence. Yes, you have three weeks to live unless you access a higher power. If you access a higher power, all bets are off. I also ask, I go ahead and ask the patient, you know, does the God that you pray to have the ability to heal you of anything at any time instantly and permanently? And they go, yeah. And I say, well, when are we going to turn to that God? Ooh, that's good. You know, when are we going to be healed? <laughs> you know? That's good. Oh, my. Yeah. Yes, so, that's really good. The, um, the challenge is we have to heal the mind first. And so what I do with the patients, I just interview them for their own spiritual and religious experience because I have to understand their beliefs because their beliefs is all you have to work with. It's their reality. Then using kinesiology, muscle testing, I identify what trauma, when did it happen, who was, it, who was involved, when did it occur, how many times it repeated, and that only takes a few moments to, um, to bring to their consciousness. And what each and every patient is dealing with is a life lesson. It's a spiritual lesson that they need to work on, something they need to break through. And so bringing it to their awareness is half the battle. Once they understand what the lesson is, it's easier to fix it. Then using their own beliefs, we come up with a conscious plan in which they can view the situation to be at peace. Once they're at peace, then we can move forward for the healing. Wow. I, I love it. And I, I know all of you are enjoying this as much as I am because um, we have um, so many people either in our, our circle or in our spiritual communities or our expanded connection wherever we are that are in a conversation of some type about cancer. Uh, you can go to the website for a free copy of the book, Prevent Cancer. It's Prevent Cancer. Dot w s s as in spirit prevent cancer dot w s and you can get a copy and um, pass it around share it with your friends send it on social media let people be aware of it uh, to be a difference maker very easy to do so um, give us an example of a story or two that I know you have hundreds but What's a story that comes to mind about a before and after uh, that you've witnessed with someone that's really touched your life, that gives you that, here's what I do every day and I'm happy to do it, or to be it? We had one particular uh, patient that was a young mother, and they were going through a relationship issue, and the divorce came to a stop right as she developed cancer, which is pretty common, especially you'll see that with the breast cancer issue. Breast cancer patients are usually dealing with like a betrayal or a relationship issue or a messed up family member. But this one was a relationship issue, and they stopped the divorce hedging the idea that if the um, if, if they didn't continue the divorce and she passes away from the cancer, then they wouldn't have to do the divorce. And the patient wasn't doing well, so what we did was I just spoke to her and said, hey, what if we change some things around? And what they were doing was they were betting on the marital house, that if she passes away, he would get the house without yeah. any, yeah. And so they stopped the divorce. So what we did was we got her to get back with the attorney. We said, hey, here's what we'll do. We'll increase the monthly support that she was going to get. And in exchange, they're going to put in the decree that the surviving spouse gets the house. So they figured, well, okay, he'll pay a little bit more money every month, and if when she passes, he'll get the house. Well, the second that divorce was finalized, she started getting better. <laughs> oh, God. Really getting better. <laughs> and so... So I had her as a patient, and uh, as a, she came back just for maintenance, and I'll be honest with you, I didn't even recognize her. She looked fantastic, and her numbers were great. Blood, you know, the blood work, everything was really, really good. So I had her for, um, just for a maintenance thing, and so I said, well, okay, how are we doing? And so one of the things we did is we did a meditation, and I projected her to her 80th birthday. And she goes, 
And one of the reasons why is the 80th birthday is very emotional, and it's telling the body, hey, you're going to be around for another 40 years. And the body doesn't know the difference. It's a way of reprogramming the subconscious. So we went to the 80th birthday of meditation, and I noticed in the meditation she was kind of snickering or laughing. So I said, so when we came back from meditation, I said, okay, what was so funny? And she goes, my ex was there. I said, your ex was there. What was he doing? And she said, oh, he was on the mantle with the dog. <laughs> you know, so that, that <laughs> yeah, that's pretty bad. <laughs> oh but she was all smiles. <laughs> she was all smiles. But the number of breast cancer issues where they're at the divorce table or going to the divorce table or should be at the divorce table is really big. Yes. And part of our practice, what we've increased lately in our program is we're working a lot with uh, people that are in marital situations where we're dealing with those issues before it becomes an issue, a physical issue, because we're really pushing the wellness side of our program. So if we can get people that are having marital issues, relationship issues, and we can resolve those issues, then it doesn't become a cancer because we come up with a viable solution ahead of time. So we're always working on a wellness program to get people before it manifests into a cancer issue. I, I just can totally wrap my head around that. Where I went was I kind of, you know, our mind, like a little database, I went, oh, yeah, check, 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 check. I just remember in, in the years of, of working and in, in ways of healing, of seeing exactly what you're saying. It, it, it's so... Um, so many people are, are connected but not really connected and, and the energy that they hold together is not, not one of the best vibra- vibration or joy or happiness uh, and they're just kind of going through the motions of that. So I bet you see amazing healings that, that come from that <clears throat> for sure. And it's rapid. I've, we've been noticing um, shifts just in like one session, you know, just amazing results in in transformations, and and it's all it is is perception. And once we introduce him some ideas, and we invoke some rules or some ideas on his side of the relationship, usually um, they're seeing results or they're seeing differences almost almost instantly. Well, one of the things that. I want to make sure that our our listening audience is aware of is that uh, Dr. Mark Tong is um, the director founder of the Crystal Bay Hotel, and it's the exotic Marigo Hotel without people living there full time. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Richard Gear isn't there, but aside from that. <laughs> It is this amazing hotel in the heart of the city of St. Petersburg, Florida, one of the the most uh, uh, visited places in the world. And the hotel, um, many of you may remember uh, the famous movie Cocoon, and the hotel was uh, part of the set of the long-term skilled nursing facility where a lot of the uh, particular actors lived uh, in the movie it, itself and during the time of filming. And so it has this sacred, um, amazing uh, energy. And I'm trying to think of um, Dr. Mark, the name, is it, the, it's the Tobago Indians that right. at one time were the founders of the land um, and the energy which the hotel is actually seated upon. So it's like a energetic uh, vortex. So that being said, and with it being crystalbayhotel.com, how did, um, how did this idea uh, come upon you, and, and what is the story with, with that? Yeah, I had a business partner back in the mid-90s, and we purchased the property back then, and we put it into service, and we are just running it as a senior, uh, seasonal senior hotel. And we sold the property in 2004. Uh, we held the underlying first mortgage. The property was resold in 2007, and we remained as the primary first mortgage holder. That person came in and gutted the entire building, ran out of money, and we ended up foreclosing on the property. 
Mm. And I was working at the clinic at the time. I mentioned to the staff there and to the medical director, I said, hey, I'm getting this hotel back into my life, and it would be a great place for, for their operations. And they just couldn't get all the parties to agree on it. And one day sitting at the cafeteria there at the clinic, the MD, the medical director, said, you know, if you go just 100% spiritual, it would be a phenomenal place. And so that's what we did. Once we got the property back into foreclosure, my business partner said, hey, I don't want anything to do with it. So we actually split all our properties. We had properties in New York and Florida. He said, I'll take New York, you take Florida, which would include the hotel. And <laughs> Squeeze my hand. <laughs> yeah, and the, well, the second, the second I, we, we separated our partnership, that's when I vowed, I said, from this point forward, I'm going to have God as my partner. Mm. And so anytime anybody gives me any, any challenges, I said, well, you know, you're going to have to deal with my partner on that. You know? And I just kind of not worry about it. <laughs> and it really was seriously a miracle the way that property came together. It was a total manifestation. I just told everybody, you know, we have to heal the property first. And literally, seriously, things disappeared and things just happened, and it was very magical. Well, it's it's phenomenal. I've been there a number of times myself. It is awesome. It's the kind of place that you can go for retreat. You can do a healing intensive program. They have spa services. It's a uh, it's just top of the line. Everything is just immaculate there, but. More importantly than just the external, there there is something uh, definitely a magical kind of energy and essence there um, that's just really uh, healing all the all the way around. And you work from a wide range of people, correct? I mean, you will see people to say, "Hey, it'd be great for you to check in here." Because you have uh, food programs and different things to offer them, and and there's the the counseling or spiritual support element too. Am I covering everything, or are there other things as well? Yes, we. If somebody's dealing with a physical issue, we can address that. If it's an emotional issue, we can address that. And if they just want to expand their spiritual awareness and they're on their journey, and let's say they're on their journey and they keep running into the same block or the same challenge or repeating lessons, just like a cancer patient or anybody else, we can help point out a life lesson that's staring right in front of them, unlock that lesson or or expose that lesson to them, walk them through it, and they're they're like in the fast track of their spiritual journey. And the other thing that I think is great about the hotel is um, people like, um, you know, Unity, Science of Mind, New Thought, Metaphysics, um, or other people that are into naturopathic work or alternative and those kind of things can collaborate with the hotel to do a joint event and or it's a great place to have people come and do retreats and offer their different programs there on site. It has a lot to offer in that way. And you can go once again to the crystalbayhotel.com and um, learn all about it and make plans to to be here in, in Florida. Well, the other the other part, if we if we're looking at you know, people that are fear-based or uh, anxious or there's not enough and, you know, those kind of things. Uh, from my understanding, at the end of the day, um, you're approaching it from the place, which is the place anyway, that anything is the absence of the something else. And the something else is unconditional love, correct? That's correct. And when you when you're talking about unconditional love, uh, we wake up in the morning, and what does unconditional love look like? Because, and the reason I say that, I'm not uh, trying to be analytical. It's just like words like authenticity, transparency, you know, being real, 
Do you know what I mean? They mean some people hear them in so many different ways. So can you articulate what you're talking about, how you feel it looks, how it can show up, how people can benefit from it? I think the key thing is that you let go of the past and suspend the judgment. And it brings you more towards the present moment. And when you're not judging, first off, you don't judge, you don't have to forget. And the idea is this, we're here to enjoy it. One of my, um, one of my phrases is, whoever has the most fun wins. Mm. That we're here to enjoy it, not to criticize it, not to sit there and judge it, but just enjoy it. And so if you know the God, the Christ, the light is in everything, what's there not to love? And the two tricks that I've learned, one trick that I, I, I preach to everybody is if you really want to be a prophet and you want to make predictions 100% of the time, just predict good. No matter what's happening, it's going to be okay. You know, you mentioned the movie, it's, you know, if it's, if it's not okay, it's not the end kind of thing. You know, everything's going to be okay in the end. And if mm-hmm. it's not okay, it's, it's not the end. Well, if you notice one thing like a master like Jesus, what he did was in every single demonstration, he did one thing and one thing only. He brought peace. Everybody's responding to the physical or they're responding to something's going on. There's fear or false beliefs. And he's at peace, and he brings that calmness. He brings that peace with the knowing that it's all in order. And so that's kind of the key thing to look for. I always say this, if there's something you don't like, you're no longer in the kingdom. Okay, that's big. (laughs) So uh, words that we've learned to stay in different kind of pattern like discernment. So can we can we look at that? What is the distinction between or is there one um between judgment and discernment? Judgment is seeing the protect uh, seeing the perfection in everything. And discernment is having the love for the idea to be observing. You know, it's kind of like if you walk up to a traffic light to cross the street, you know, you have love for the single, the um, the walk sign to tell you when to walk. You know, it's just the knowing that, hey, okay, this is what I do, and it's okay, but it's not to judge it. You know, it's like okay. putting your hand on the on the hot burner. You know, you can say, well thank you for my nerves and the skin and everything in my body with the knowing and the awareness not to place my hand on the hot burner. But it's like I don't, there's nothing that I don't like about the hot burner. I'm just not going to put my hand on it. Kind of the example is this, is a lion is an absolute beautiful creature. You just don't want to be in the room with it. So you can love it, but you don't have to be in the room with it. Did that help? Oh, yeah, absolutely, (laughs) absolutely, yes. Um, I'm just seeing the visual in my mind, yes. Um, And that's a big distinction that I think that sometimes people don't, they're not able to make that. They hear it as absolutism, you know, versus we're still making, we're making choices about what we are a part of or not a part of. You know, I'm not going to go to a rally that's about hating something. I'm just, I'm not going to do it. But at the same time, the answer is not judging that it's not serving those people that are there. That's basically how you're saying it, correct? Well, it's okay to have boundaries. I can love it. Doesn't mean I need to be in the room with it. Like the lion. Yeah, it's a beautiful creature, and I love it. I just choose not to be in the room with it. And, like, with one of the, you know, as you mentioned, with people like an activist type thing, um, I recently had a 
client patient who is worried about planet Earth and the salmon in uh, the Pacific because of global warming. They weren't going to do this, and they're going to be think. And my thing was this: God will take care of it. That planet Earth is no different than the human body. It takes care of itself. You just have to respect it. And we don't have to worry about it. We just have to enjoy it. It has all the mechanisms, and the salmon are okay, by the way. You know, a cold front came through, and it, you know, it took care of it. And that's what happens. And, and I think the Gulf oil spill is another thing where people were worried about stuff, and we really don't have to worry. Yeah, we should have concern and all this and, and everything, but God takes care of it. We have to disrespect it and enjoy it. It's here for us to enjoy, not to worry about. Well, and people don't seem to understand with the power of the mind and the energy, if we're pumping out worry, uh, we're not helping a lot. <laughs> no. We're not Correct. helping. It's, a, it's an oxymoronic thing. I'm concerned about the world, so therefore I'm going to really, really worry about it. I'm concerned about my children, and therefore I'm so worried about it. That's a vibe that uh, is not the right kind of laser imprint that's really serving. Yeah, the counter to that is if everybody looks back at their own life, and if they see that every single thing that happens in your life happened for the better, well, it has. I guarantee you it has. Mm-hmm. And that, first of all, that will not change. Second of all, the universe doesn't play favorites, so it doesn't give it to you and I and give it to everybody. It gives it to everyone. So what that means is the world is getting better. But we have people like the media who wants to tell you it's getting worse. Well, what's getting worse is the media. Yes, no doubt. You know, and one of the things I, I preach is it's called the no-news diet. I just tell everybody, turn off the news. It's not real. Not one time did they say the presence of God was there. Not one time did they tell you, hey, it was a lesson in forgiveness for these people or whatever's going on. And I always think, well, what if the media was around during the crucifixion? Wouldn't that be a zoo? Oh, my gosh. Or in all all the wars, you know, or the time that what if we had the camera crew uh, following the cowboys that went around and, you know, slaughtered the Indians? I mean, what if we were seeing all that? We would just be, oh, my goodness, you know, the revelation is just around the corner. I mean, no doubt about it. We're just so um, bombarded with photos and pictures and then. And then people um, addressing it on, you know, on their own Facebooks and, you know, things like that. It just feeds, it feeds the lion in the room that is not the one, the master that we really want to serve. That's for sure. The master consciousness, which is, as you're saying, divine love. When I was working at the clinic, I could not believe the number of men that I had sitting in front of me with stage four cancer and it was based on their disapproval of either the government, gun control, something they saw in the news, and they either fought for the country or, you know, all this political stance of the deficit and all this, and they're sitting in front of me with stage 4 cancer. Mm -hmm. That's the power of it. And would you call that, um, Dr. Mark, the red energy within one's being, that arthritic kind of, aren't I right kind of energy that that flows through one's body, that that rage color that in, in shamanism would be identified with that vibration of rage? Yes, it's the not knowing who's really in control. It's the not knowing that there's a higher power. One of the things to combat the patients that I had with this situation is the idea that God runs my country, so I really don't have to worry about it. You know, that there's one power, and that's God's power, so where's the fear? And yet, fear is the number one cause of disease. You know, the three three things that causes disease, one is fear, one is false belief, and the other one is sin, and that's from Science and Health with Key to the Scriptures. She references those three, and she's absolutely right. That 
that's the only source of disease, and it is. So we bring awareness to it, and the media invokes the fear. And they don't see the perfection. They don't know of that higher power, and they are separate from, they feel separate from that higher power. And so, tell me again, it's fear? It's fear? A, be- a belief in something called sin. Uh- Right. If somebody and what they do there, sin, as Mrs. Eddy would call in Science and Health with Key to the Scriptures, she would say it was oh, sure. sin. And what that was about was people punish themselves. And the other one is false beliefs. And false beliefs is the belief in the material world. It's like if somebody sneezed on one side of the room, and next thing you know, somebody sneezing on the other side of the room. They believed that the sneezing molecules went across the room, infiltrated a guy's hum- immune system and made that person sneeze. But then a moment later, somebody yawns, and on the other side of the room, another person is yawning. Did the yawning molecules go across the room, infiltrated the immune system, and caused that person to yawn? And it isn't. What goes from generation to generation or from across the room or from wherever to wherever is the idea. And it's the false belief in that idea causes the disease. And genetics is the number one, that's the biggest false one ever, ever around. You know, people believe they get it from their parents, and they don't. What they get from their parents is the idea. And there was a study with 42,000 identical twins, and out of the 42,000 identical twins, only 7% had identical disease. But they had identical DNA, so they should have gotten the same disease that the other person did, and they didn't. And if you took 42,000 people and randomly paired them, you're going to come up with about the same number, about 7% will just by average have the same disease. So, you know, the cells in the body really don't know, don't care what your parents have or grandparents have, and what it's responding to is your emotion. That's what's dictating the body. And I would say be the gatekeeper of your emotions. That is so much where it's at, isn't it? Correct. It's what don't you love? Because you're wired for love, period. When someone has been saying, you know, 10 years uh, to their body and into the mirror, no matter what I do, it's not changing. It's not changing my chronic fatigue. It's not changing my fibromyalgia. It's not changing my <clears throat> my weary and my dreary. Um, and that I just named, uh, you know, a hundred people I know. Okay, just right. through, through the years, or you know, right around or whatever. And and oh, love is all around and. You know, answers are all around, but there's that there's that window, it, it or that that block, um, if you will. Um, what is the transition between almost the determination to stay the same, yet in its simplistic and most powerful moment, there is still the desire for something to be different. I couldn't say that again if I wanted to, but you know what I mean. <laughs> well, first of all, I show them that it can change and it can be different, whether it's somebody with an emotional issue or somebody with three weeks to live, that there is options, positive options. And people that suffer from, like, depression or any of those things um, that drops their energy, here's Here's what I tell them is, well, first of all, they don't know who they are, and they don't know why they're here on this physical plane. The other thing is this, is that there's only one energy, and that's love. And when somebody tells me they don't have any energy, what they're telling me is they really don't have any love. Mm -hmm. And you can kind of prove it. If you have a bunch of kids sitting around, and they're kind of moping around, not doing anything, and all you say is, hey, bunch of kids, you want to go for ice cream? They go, yeah, yeah, let's go for ice cream. Well, where'd they get all that energy? Where did it come from? It comes from the love that they have for ice cream. And so when people are depressed or they have these emotions that drain their energy, 
what they're doing is their perception of themselves, they don't love it. They don't love the lifestyle is usually the number one thing. They don't like their identity. And they really don't know who they are, and they don't know why they're here on this physical plane. Because anybody who's operating out of purpose and love has all the energy they could ever want. And you probably have seen that. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So if we if we take all of the ailments of of red energy and arthritis, uh, not necessarily one size fits all, but pretty much in those categories of cancer, the um, the itises and those kind of things, it's um, putting back into the willingness to reinvent the self identification as well as to, are we saying master our emotions? What is the, what, we're holding a premise of emotions that, that all is well. There's a, there's a deep wellspring within us that's saying all is well. But at the same time, we're, we're mindful of what emotions we're entertaining. Well, what we do is we change the way in which we view it. You know, the whole world, everything is nothing until you apply thought. So what we do is we change our mind and come up with a different thought for it. The thought is what's tied to the emotion. You know, somebody can look back at their life and say, hey, you know, my life was horrible. I had abusive parents and alcoholic father. And then you could ask the the, uh, brother or sister of the same family, and they say, oh, my past was crazy. You wouldn't believe my crazy parents. I mean, my father was always drunk and everyone, you know, all kinds of crazy stuff. You wouldn't believe it. But um, it was always amusing. You know, it's just their perception of it. Yes. And so using their own beliefs, we come up with a different way to see it. And then we anchor it at all levels of consciousness so they're not responding negatively. Because what happens is this, if... The, if they see something that's associated with an emotional event, what happens is subconsciously the body goes into a negative state. And we can actually measure it. I mean, the pH goes from alkaline to acidic. Pain can all of a sudden appear that wasn't there. And the reason why is it's the emotion that's tied to that thought. So what we do is we shortcut it and we exchange the emotion for that thought. You know, I had, a, I had a patient that every time I mentioned his wife, he would grab the back of his neck in pain. Mm. And it was his view of his wife. And so when we went through and changed the view of the wife, that she's really a holy person, a daughter of God, um, all kinds of different things, next thing you know, he was at peace. When I mentioned his wife, he doesn't grab his neck in pain. And, and that's one of the tricks we do in working with relationships. We change the view in which they see their spouse or significant other. Because they're, they're both the same people, basically the same people when they first met. What changes is their view of each other has changed. So we switch it back. And we did the same with the cancer patient. They, the way they saw the emotional trauma, we just switch it back to they're at peace. And they're not freaking out over it. I love that. They were the same when they got together. Their view of one another changed. Correct. And then they come back to, again, the way they know each other and that they are so much the same. Wow. Now, that that was, you could put on a coffee mug and a T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> that is... That is spot on. Well, I tell you, it's been an incredible conversation. I have loved being on this journey with you. I want to remind everyone to go to the Crystal Bay Hotel, crystalbayhotel.com, and also to spread the word about the free copy of the book. You can get preventcancer.ws, S as in spirit, or WS as in website. 
And for those of you that love these types of conversations, please tune in to us at firstunity.org as well as templehays.com. A big thank you of appreciation for all of you that continue to offer your contributions to Unity Online Radio, which allows us to reach people all over the world. It truly is the voice, like voices that you've heard today and Dr. Mark Tong, that are making a difference and offering insight of part of our Great Awakening. Dr. Mark Tong, it's a pleasure to meet you, to know you, and to continue to collaborate with you on this journey, this amazing journey we call life. Thank you for being here today, sir. Oh, thank you. It's been great. Thank you. And many more to come. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you for tuning into The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being with Reverend Temple Hayes. Join us every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central for tools and simple applications which will support you from being alive to fully living. This program is brought to you in part by First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida. To learn more about this ministry, go to www.unitycampus.org or www.templehaze.org. is full of voices, advertising, television, politics, colleagues, family, and friends. All are too happy to tell us how to live. In all of that noise, it's easy to miss the one voice that matters, your own soul. What would happen if you could hear that voice? Imagine the clarity, confidence, and courage that would be yours and the life you could create. Join Janet Connor, best-selling author of Writing Down Your Soul, the Lotus and the Lily, and Your Soul Wants Five Things, as she and her guests explore how to hear the call of the soul and create the soul-directed life. Live Thursday at 1 p.m. Central, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Go inside to find my God. When I look at the world around me, I may feel dismayed by the amount of conflict I see. Of course I want things to be different, and perhaps I'm willing to take action, but so often I don't know exactly what to do or how. Sometimes the best place to start is with myself. By first looking at my own life and relationships, I may find areas of conflict that need to be resolved. If I want that resolution, I must work for it within myself. Peace is a personal responsibility and ever-present power I must choose to accept. Every time I work to heal something within myself, I am helping to heal the world. Peace happens one heart at a time. Peace can begin with me. To find a Unity Church near you, please visit our website at www.unity.org. God is formless, yet takes many forms. What goes around comes around. Chant the name of the Lord and be free. No one comes to the Father except through me. Ever been confused by the variety and apparent contradiction within world religions? Join Reverend Paul John Roach every Tuesday for insight into those principles held in common by all the great religious traditions in world spirituality, exploring the unity within all cultures and faith traditions. Using discussions, interviews, humor, insight, and practice, Practical advice, we will clarify the confusion and reveal simple yet profound truths. Call in with your questions and ideas and help break down the barriers that separate us from one another. That's World Spirituality with Paul John Roach, Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Somewhere, tucked away in the Unity Library archives in Unity Village, Missouri, you can find a secret treasure. 
They are the scripts from Unity co-founder Charles Fillmore's early days on broadcast radio. The teachings of Unity's founders, almost a 100 years old. Now, for the first time in history, you can hear them through the power of the Internet. Join Bob Brock every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, for Unity Classic Radio, words from our past. Discover the wisdom of Charles Fillmore's talks and of other Unity Radio speakers read on the air again. Call in your comments and questions as Bob and his special guests revisit Unity Radio talks of the past, along with historical background from the early days of the Unity movement. That's Unity Classic Radio. Words from our past. Every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Right here on Unity FM. The voice of an awakening world. There is peace. There is quiet. Reverend Paulette's mantra is it's all a prayer. Tune in every Tuesday as Unity Minister Paulette Pipe leads you in meditation and prayer on touching the stillness. Make no mistake, this is not nap time. With an energy that will captivate you, touching the stillness will guide you in deep meditation, leaving you enlivened. Hear astounding meditations and learn more about different forms of meditation. Enrich your prayer life as Reverend Paulette, Senior Minister of Touching the Stillness Ministries, affirmatively prays with power and authority by taking live prayer requests from callers like you. Whether you have a prayer request for yourself or for a loved one or are ready for a deepened meditation experience, make sure you tune in on Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Central Time, where we'll be joining in consciousness with the unceasing prayer activity of the Silent Unity 24-7 Prayer Ministry at Unity Village. That's Touching the Stillness with Reverend Paulette Pipe every Tuesday right here on Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Letting go in the stillness. I will leave this world as it is. The world is full of voices, advertising, television, politics, colleagues, family, and friends. All are too happy to tell us how to live. In all of that noise, it's easy to miss the one voice that matters, your own soul. What would happen if you could hear that voice? Imagine the clarity, confidence, and courage that would be yours and the life you could create. Join Janet Connor, best-selling author of Writing Down Your Soul, The Lotus and the Lily, and Your Soul Wants Five Things. As she and her guests explore how to hear the call of the soul and create the soul-directed life. Live Thursday at 1 p.m. Central, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Go inside to find my God. God is formless, yet takes many forms. What goes around comes around. Chant the name of the Lord and be free. No one comes to the Father except through me. Ever been confused by the variety and apparent contradiction within world religions? Join Reverend Paul John Roach every Tuesday for insight into those principles held in common by all the great religious traditions in world spirituality, exploring the unity within all cultures and faith traditions. Using discussions, interviews, humor, insight, and practical advice, we will clarify the confusion and reveal simple yet profound truths. Call in with your questions and ideas and help break down the barriers that separate us from one another. That's World Spirituality with Paul John Roach. Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Hello, I'm Dr. Stephen Farber, and I'm an author, teacher, psychotherapist, and shamanic practitioner. 
On my podcast, Healing for Your Soul, I welcome some amazing guests and introduce you to some healing techniques like earth magic, working with nature and animals, and really getting to the heart of what is keeping you stuck. I want to help you deepen your spirituality and let go of blocks that are holding you back. Let me help you in this journey called life. Part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network. Subscribe and follow wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss an episode.